Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. He led the Pulaski Academy Bruins to nine state championships in his time there. Bill Belichick described him as probably the best high school coach in the country. His unique strategies garnered attention nationwide. The Zone welcomes Kevin Kelly into the show. Brought to you by Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. The best surgeons, the best treatment, all focused on you. Let's just point out to me that I forgot the Red White Report. We'll get back to it. Yeah, Red White later, apparently. My bad. You guys are perfect. Must be nice. Coach, uh, I didn't want you to have to wait. These guys wanted to make you sit on hold while we are doing the red-white report, but I won't stand for it, Coach. I won't even sit for it. It's good to have you on. How are you? That's the nicest thing you've ever done for me. Thank you. Well, because you beat the hell out of me in pickleball, I thought it was the least I could do. Um, for those of you who have never played, I will tell you uh, it's real good. And Coach beat me 11 to nothing the first time we played the other day, Wes. Yeah. Uh, and I felt so bad about it that I went out and bought my own pickleball set while I was out of town. And when I got home, Amazon had delivered it. So I'm not going to say I'm addicted, but I'm definitely playing again, and it's real cheap. So, hmm. Coach, that was fun. Thank you again for the lessons. And, uh, listen, if you're looking for a cheap hobby to get a little workout in, you're not going to do a lot better in pickleball. Yeah, we got a great workout the other day. And you came back and, and, and played better, the, you know, as you got be- as, you, as you played, you got better and better. It was fun. Good yep. workout, too. You're right. Yeah, uh, Coach and I did win one doubles match. Uh, one of the players on the other team was a 70-year-old woman. But, hey, she was very complimentary, and I appreciated her. She was a lot of fun. So, uh, anyway, we'll do she's that actually, again. She's actually pretty good. She's actually pretty good, too. I've played before. i played with her and against her. Yeah. So, she's very sweet. She, she's she way better than me I before. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know about all that. But, anyway, um, let's talk about the Razorbacks. I've, I've put it off long enough. Uh, what in the world? That was, that was that was frustrating, frankly. Defensive line against well, the offensive line. and. That was the key matchup. It looked like to us. What'd you What'd you take away from their uh, their loss? I don't I don't know if you remember, but going back to last Wednesday, I told uh, you know you and West uh, the thing that I, I didn't think we would lose. Don't get me wrong, but I did say the one thing that had me concerned was in their first two games they gave up 220 yards a game rushing, and then they made the change of bringing bringing a safety down into the box and playing the run tighter. Just said if you're going to win, you're going to beat us throwing the football, and after that, they were averaging giving up like 76 yards a game rushing. I thought that showed up. I, I, me personally, I thought we ran the ball when the box was loaded and we should have probably been throwing the ball, you know, as far as, as, far as what a lot of people do. You, you just you do something that exploits the weakness of the defense. They were saying, hey, look, we're going to outnumber you. You know, good luck running it on us. And sometimes we can do that because we've got KJ and that gives us an extra guy so you can have the running back go one way and him go another. But you know, they did. They shut our run down really well and made it tough on us. And, and uh, then, you know, we were able to throw the ball, but we a lot of those yards came late. And I just thought we I just thought we made some choices that we probably shouldn't have made against them. But, you know, that's the fun of being coaching on the side, you know, coaching from the stands instead of coaching from the sideline. Coach, do you expect LSU to try to do the same thing? And I was looking over this LSU stuff, and I watched that Bama game. I think it's a good thing for us. And, and uh, I, I put it on social media when I was talking with some people. But I think the good thing for us is I think they're going to be emotionally down because of the Bama game. I mean, everybody that plays Bama the next week, they're beating up physically and they're a little bit down. And, and that's just because you're on such an emotional high when you play them and then when you win even more. 
you know, they didn't they didn't throw the ball very effectively against them. They threw it 32 times for 182 yards. You know, I mean, that's that's not a good average uh, yards per attempt. That didn't move the ball down the field. They didn't run the ball particularly well, uh, except for if you take Daniels out of the equation, they only had like 90 yards rushing besides him, and he ran for 95. So he's obviously very effective and had that good run in, in overtime that, that scored the touchdown that one play and, and did some things. But, you know, they don't present a great uh, passing offense that exploits our defense and then uh but i do think defensively i think they're really i think they're really tough i think they've got a great front that controls the line of scrimmage but that's our strength is our offensive line i think for the most part i I don't think i don't think we can blame that game on them the other night you know so i heard some people say well they whipped our offensive line i didn't feel like they whipped our offensive line i feel like they outnumbered our offensive line so i think it's a good matchup i think you know vegas has has uh, uh, LSU by three, I think it is, or three and a half, maybe. But, man, I, I, I really think the Hogs have a chance to win this game. How does how does Arkansas slow down Daniels and keep him from running for 90, 100 yards? Now, that's where I hope they're paying attention to, to some people that have done a great job, not against Daniels, but in the NFL, against Lamar Jackson, those guys. And, and what you have to do. And man, I hope, and not everybody knows. You'd think, well, coach could figure this out. But if, if, if you could picture in your mind your defensive ends rushing up the field, when they run up the field, they cannot get pushed past the quarterback, like even a yard. Because when they do, that causes a big gap between them and the defensive tackle that's being blocked. And that opens a lane up for the quarterback to run through. And that's where Daniels likes to go. That's where all running quarterbacks like to go. So what you have to do is you have to mindfully, as a defensive end, and you have to work hard as coaches this week on if you start rushing the quarterback when he drops back, and he's going to drop back a lot. He did 32 times against Bama. If you do that, actually a few more, but if you do that, you have to stop when you're even with that quarterback. You cannot keep running up the field. I don't care if you think you've got an angle on him to sack him. He's going to come up and under you and keep going. And then he's out of the pocket and he's running down the field. So but they've got to work really hard on their end not going past him. And they need to probably have have one of the D tackles spy him and uh, not even rush the passer. And then one guy coming hard from the inside. And then and then I think blitzes will work against them if they'll, if they'll be coordinated and real creative in their blitz package stuff and things like that. But – but if they if they do the rush three drop eight, he is going to run for 150 yards or more on us. And if they just blindly come after him with four down linemen and, and don't and, and aren't uh, disciplined on the outside with that, he's still going to run all over. I thought Liberty did the same thing you were just describing against KJ. Uh, if you look at the pocket, uh, I mean, they, they had him surrounded, and they did not have the defensive ends flying up the field. And, the, and a lot of times there was nowhere for KJ to go. You saw him standing in the pocket looking, 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 looking. He had time to throw, but there was nowhere for him to run because of exactly the, what you described. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, and I think, you know, what I, the adjustment I wish they would have made was, and, and KJ does this all too often, and I think, you know, we've had this conversation, or maybe I had it on a podcast, that we we talked about when he drops back, sometimes it was look at your first progression and then look down to see if you can run. And that's what he was doing last year a lot. A lot of times that first look was Traylon Burks, or he got out of the pocket and found Traylon Burks. 
Well, he didn't have that this year. But I, I think when we get behind or in a close game, sometimes he reverts to that if he's not still doing that. And when he does that, you know, if there's nowhere to run, if they're disciplined like Liberty was, then all of a sudden you look back down and you lose your keys, you lose your thought process of what the play was supposed to be. <clears throat> Some guys have already moved on to another window or somewhere they're not usually. And it's tough to find that as a quarterback. And so I, I think, you know, they're going to have to – This, I mean, if people are going to play them like that, and I don't know that LSU will. I thought Liberty was very smart playing them like that. If they're going to play him like that, he's going to have – to play quarterback and go one, two, three, four on the progression tree. Because <clears throat> our offensive line gives him a lot of time. And at the same time, uh, if he does look down and he can't find anywhere to go, he better look up and they better work with those receivers on how to break from their current play and run to open spots because that's what it's going to take. Talking to Kevin Kelly on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. Your, your dog is not happy about that Liberty loss, clearly, Coach. Um, no, he heard me say he heard me say KJ didn't go to that bird crash. He went crazy. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing about your dog. I mean, he's he's always looking for the next receiver that's more open. Maybe. Um, let's talk <laughs> about some of the other games this weekend because you've got an LSU situation. I guess that's one of the games I want to talk about too. Coming off a huge high, you got Georgia coming off you know a big recent win as well, um, and they're playing Mississippi State this weekend. What was it? Was there another game? Alabama Ole Miss. Alabama Ole Miss. Alabama's coming off a loss, and they typically come back and kick butt, but obviously this is a Super Bowl for Ole Miss this week again. So uh, what do you expect in these games with so much emotional sort of uh, up, ups and downs with these different teams that are participating against quality opponents? Yeah, you know, the Alabama-Mississippi game, Mississippi's got a, is in a great spot. I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna play Alabama, you want to play them off of LSU or or Oddly enough, you wouldn't mind playing them off of of, uh, of Mississippi the, the week after that because that's going to be a big game between Saban and Kiffin, and everybody knows the history of that. Um, I think I think Bama starts off slow. Um, Mississippi, this is a must-win game for them if they were ever going to uh, beat Bama and, and and kind of put Bama in third place. We always think Bama's going to win the SEC West to be in the SEC championship game and. And, uh, and there's no thought of them going past second place, you know. I mean, that's where they're going to be. Somebody's going to beat them, and, and that's what LSU's done. But I think if Mississippi ever had a chance, I think it's this week. I think Bama will start off slow. They'll come off a little bit. Everybody thinks, well, they'll be a little fired up because they lost. That's true, but it doesn't happen like that early on. And if Ole Miss can jump on them early, I think they could put uh, Bama in a kind of a tailspin. Um, and then the other game, Georgia and Mississippi State, I think it'll be the same way. Uh, I think Georgia will start off a little bit slow. I think Mississippi State can jump on them, but I just don't think Mississippi State has the horses uh, that can play with those guys. And then Georgia showed something that I haven't seen by anybody. They showed that they can do different things secondary-wise. And I, I think Tennessee's receivers are some of the best in the country as a group. And they showed that they could play zone, they could man up against them a little bit and do different things. And uh, I, I think Mississippi State's receivers aren't in that category. Now, it's a different style of passing. So I think Mississippi State could have some success early, but Georgia was great on some adjustments they made. And, uh, and, and, and I think they'll go ahead and, and take care of business. But I think, I think both Mississippi and Mississippi State have a good chance of, of playing them close for a long time, maybe even beating them, and, and uh, definitely having a chance to cover the spread. 
Did you ever, after a bad game, um, accuse your players of listening to their fat little girlfriends too much leading up to the game? No, we did talk about gator arms. We've never talked about T-Rex arms. Now, I have talked about, you know, that, and this is the truth. I don't know about going and talking to their little girlfriends, but, man, if you've got a player that's having girl problems with a long-term relationship, it really can't affect their football. And I don't think that's what uh, Coach Leach was referring to, but, you know, I I think he does a lot of things to provide uh, made distractions and, you know, maybe fire him up or whatever, but but uh, he's definitely taking the focus off of off of some football stuff that he didn't want to talk about and making reporters talk about that. Yeah. Well, I really hope that his players are going to rise to the occasion because obviously Coach Leach has been under the weather and we're all worried about his health. I don't know if you've heard him this week. Christian has put together uh, a collection of some of Mike Leach's greatest hits this week. He's been struggling, Coach, and maybe it's just the fact that they barely beat Auburn. Maybe it's that the game and the season has not gone the way they wanted it to. Uh, but Christian, just yeah, let's just play your your new piece or the old one, whatever you want to do, whatever you think is uh, most appropriate here. Christian, far away. Uh, I think we should play the original first, so people understand the context. Yeah, the coach Coach Leach is a little under the weather. I I didn't even get to um, event that, you know. And then all of a sudden, well, they're kicking it off, and then uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better, too. Um, well, then we marched it downfield. I. Christian. <laughs> anyway, pray for Leach. Um, that's brilliant. Uh, what do you think of the top four? We haven't even touched on this yet, Coach. So you got uh, the new list is out. It's Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan and TCU. Let me ask you about TCU. I mean, I think everybody understands Michigan, Ohio State, collision course, all that. I'm not worried about them. That's going to work out. TCU's got Texas on the road this week. They do have some tough games coming up. They got to go to Baylor still. Iowa State's good enough to beat them, I would think. What do you uh, what do you think? Is TCU going to be there at the end, or are they going to lose one or two here? I don't think they're going to be there. I think they lose this week, to be honest with you. But we're back to our hypothetical argument the other day that we had is, what if they do run the table, Ohio State-Michigan game's a three-point game, and Georgia goes on and wins the SEC? Uh, you know, is, is LSU – LSU goes – I mean, let's say Georgia loses the SEC championship then to LSU. You know, we're back to does – do they let in LSU with two losses over TCU with no losses? And do they leave Georgia out with now, one loss? Do they leave Tennessee out with one loss? What do you do with the USC? Yeah, what if USC? What if USC thumps Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game? What do you do then? I think it, well, that's when they wish they could fast forward to the year where they're starting a multiple team playoff. You know, the additional yeah. guy. Yeah. They can't do that. But that's didn't be mandate that this year. Nick's like we're going to twelve this I year, boys. Think, 
I do think TCU's schedule is too tough for them to, to go ahead and run through. Although I'm surprised that they made it this far, so it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. And the more you win, whether you've got quality opponents coming up or whether you've not won, you know, not beaten some quality opponents, and they have. But the more you win, the more confident you get. And I always said there's three kinds of teams: those that hope they're going to win, those that think they're going to win, and those that walk out there and know they're going to win. And TCU is on the edge of becoming a team that walks out there knowing they're going to win. And when you've got that kind of team, it's really, really tough to beat those guys. So, you know, but I, but I like it. I think it makes for good talk. I mean, if you look, like you just mentioned, USD and even UCLA with one loss, you know, the top nine, any of those teams that they go on a run could end up in the top four. So it's kind of cool this late in the year after nine games to have nine teams that can make the playoffs. Yeah, USC is going to potentially play number 12. Well, they're going to play number 12 for sure, and they could potentially play number six. They could really bolster their resume. But Oregon's in the same boat. Oregon could obviously help themselves, too, and they're the highest-ranked Pac-12 team now. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, quickly, anything on the NFL that stands out this week? I, I was, I just didn't see anything that I love this week. I ended up riding the Giants, but I don't feel that great about that game. It'll be a low-scoring, ugly affair against the Texans. But what do you what do you like this week, if anything? I can't figure out the Giants at all. I just cannot figure them out. I don't know. Uh, you know, I can't tell. Some weeks they look really good to me. Some weeks they look really bad to me. A game that looks weird, you want the weird line of the week, and the weird line is always covered by the underdog, is the Dolphins only three and a half against the Browns. Mm-hmm. They could they could beat the Browns by 30 if they want to. So that that's an odd-looking line, and, and it's hard to do it, but uh, I had a little thing on Twitter going where I had odd lines the week and haven't done it in a few weeks, but I think it was like 4-0 and or 5-1 and or something like that, just weirdo lines. That was a weird-looking one right there. Uh, unfortunately for used to be Justin Acre, not the current Justin Acre, the Cowboys probably go up and whip your Packers, and I think Dak takes another step forward as far as that goes. That one looks That one looks good to me. I think the uh, I think the Broncos could go, and I hate to say it, I think they could go in and upset the Titans. Titans off a big game against Kansas City, so they still feel that letdown moment, but they yeah. lost, which I think even affects you a little bit more. It doesn't turn around and, and fire you up and get you ready to play another week. You think we put it all into that and didn't. And I think that's whether they get Tannehill back or not. So right. I think the Broncos are a, a possible team that could go in and upset. And then uh, you, you, if, if you're a gambler, you go and you play the Chargers uh, every time that they're a touchdown score underdog. Even though I don't like them, you play them because they play in a, a zillion one-score games. Them and the Vikings are known over the last three years to play in one-score games, so you cover almost every time they're in one. So well, those all look be- pretty good to me. That's good. Because I'm a human jinx, here's the the Giants were at 6.5 when I picked them this week. Now they're at 5. Their starting safety, obviously, we found it is out because he's – had too much fun in Cabo, and the over-under went from 38.5 up to 40.5, so clearly they're expecting the Texans to score a little more than they were because of the departure of the starting safety or maybe other reasons. But you got a 6-2 and two team at home, and they're a five-point favorite over a 1-6-1 and six and one team. So, I don't know. You're right. I know. And, and, and the, clearly the odds-makers feel the same. And you, well, Houston's only averaging 15 points a game their last four games. 15. Mm-hmm. So they're either, expecting, they're either expecting that to be a really low-scoring game or, uh, or they know something we don't know. Yep, maybe so. All right, we got to run, Coach. I appreciate you. Thanks to Bowen Heffley. Uh, certainly thanks to all the great docs they've got over there. Uh, anybody you want to mention by name, feel free, and uh, we'll let you get out of here. But uh, thanks for coming on today. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, who I really did want to mention this week, I want to mention 
the, the doctors that they've got, they've got a few of them that go down and, and are on the on the sidelines with some high school teams and are and are covering some local high school teams. As we get to the end of the year, man, there are a lot of guys that are beat up on high school teams because they've played a full season, ten games over with. Those guys are beat up, shoulders, knees, hips, and uh, and uh, they really do a good job around town of servicing our local high schools, high school athletes. So if you've got an athlete that is finished with the year, and, and some of them, some of these guys are tough kids. They put off surgeries that they couldn't hurt anything any worse, but they needed at the end of the year. They put it off, and they go in, and they'll have their <clears throat> knees fixed by Bill Heffley or Scott Bowen and have shoulders by Bowen and, and of course, Sam Moore's done me, and I see Sam on sidelines. He, he's he got uh, kids at, at, at one school, and he services another school, and he's out there. And then and then at the same time, um, if you need somebody to work on your, your hands and, and different parts that people don't even think about, you got Dr. Rose, and we've had him do some stuff with some kids that I've coached. So those guys do a great job, and, and whether you're whether whether you personally need something or you need your – your uh, son that's been out getting beat up in football but they'll get taken care of. Those guys get taken care of, and they do a great job with the rehab. Appreciate you, Coach. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week.